coffee. Yeah, I'd get weird if someone yeah. depressed my coffee. It's like buttering someone's tea cake or something. You just don't do it. I went somewhere and they gave me a buttered scone once. Hmm? Like they pre-buttered my scone. And I was not happy. Take it back. <laughs> Go back. Bring me another one. It's been what, like a year since I was year on. since you were here. Year just over a year. Just over a year since you were here. We're timing it just right, really. And how long is it since you were here, Graham? I'm here every day, <laughs> all the time. Sadly, <laughs> don't they ever let you out? No, I just, just keep trapped. trapped, trapped in my own house. Trapped in the podcast world. Every time I leave, house arrest. Everyone leaves, and I just get sat back down here. <laughs> Apart from that one, who was it? I had, I had Charlotte, Charlie on. And the postman came. Did you bring the postman Sorry, into the podcast? Uh, no. That's what you should have done. <laughs> that isn't a euphemism, is it? No. Not quite. Not no. It was about polyamory. So it could have been. But welcome back to Yellow Air Concrete Podcast, guys. Hi. For everyone listening, we've got Richard Daniels and Mel Clark, who are Plastic Brain Press. Plastic Brain Press. Well, two-thirds of. Two-thirds of. Yeah, we have a yeah. secret. The secret one. It won't come on the podcast, even no. though I've asked him to. Oh. <sighs> It'll happen. We'll make it happen. It won't. At gunpoint. Um, but obviously, last time we had you on, you were with Sarah and Witter. Sarah Hughes. Last time Richard was on, he was promoting plastic brain press. And his mm. beard. And yeah, you had. Wait, did you? Yeah, you had much more beard at that time. Just Less hair, bigger. but more yeah. beard. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of gone gone round. <laughs> <laughs> gone round the other way. Um, it's the circle of life. It was. Yeah. Where? <laughs> it's the circle of hair. But I did get thinking, like last time we were here, you were obviously promoting the night, you did Angel. Yeah, which the spoken now, word night. Yeah. Now defunct, so it came and went in a year. It was a good year, though. Yeah, we had yeah. fun. It was our year. It was, you know, you did what you wanted for a year. Yeah. I think, I think in a way, like, I kind of prefer that, that you did that for a year, doing exactly what you wanted to do, rather than modifying it to be something which you didn't want it to be. Like those cool TV series where you only get one series, but it's gold. Yeah. Like Garth Marenghi or Nathan Barley. Yeah. That's us. Not, if you like. <laughs> Not Friends or The Simpsons, which just keep on going. Yeah. Even though they're shit now. Even though other Friends is done now. But you know. Yeah. But what's, so, so, I mean, for the people listening, what's what's that become then? What's Plastic Brain Press become? Plastic Brain Press is still Plastic Brain Press. The yep. the spoken word night, which was called Crash Course in Brain Surgery, was just, just our spoken word night, basically. Um, which we stopped doing, but we're still going as Plastic Brain, and we're now doing a, a podcast mm-hmm. uh, of our own devising instead, really. Before, we used to do the spoken word night, didn't we, Mel? We did. And record it, and then edit it and put it out as a podcast. Yep. So now we're still doing a podcast, but it's all sort of pre-recorded. Interviews, poetry, fiction. Yeah. Like the one show, but weird. Yeah, that's, that's the tagline I'm going one. with. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So you've yeah. got two of those out now? At the minute? Episode two is currently out, yeah. Yep. It's, it's just called Plastic Brain Press Presents. Fortnightly. Yeah. Is there a theme to each one? Or is it just mm-hmm. kind of whatever you do? Whatever Tom wants to splice up. Yeah. Creative it's... control for Tom. Yeah, mm, yeah. we hand it all over to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've already recorded interviews and got readings from various writers and poets and nice. other creators. Film composers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's all in the can. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it kind of, kind of like. It's on Spotify as well as is your podcast, I believe. Mine is on Spotify, Spotify and iTunes. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> a few, a few streams just going across the street, <laughs> screen right now. The, the pure advertising nature of it. How are you finding that kind of in terms of advertising? Obviously, you having the spoken word night, it was like a big thing where you could just go to any audience and they've got your, they've got their attention. But in terms of kind of like. Well, it's very, uh, very uh, charitable of you. You've got like a captive audience, whereas like obviously advertising something just online yeah. is a lot it is, harder. It, it is weird not having the physical presence. Yeah. But we are hoping, well, we're in the process of putting together a 10 minute thing that represents Plastic Brain Press and taking it to open mic nights elsewhere. So hoping there'll be some element of performance and tomfoolery and hijinks. To be able to share with the world, not just on the internet. Are you both still performing under your own names, then, mm. at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a lot less practice without a monthly spoken word. Now you don't get to hog the mic anymore. It's kind of like being a comedian, where you kind of like you go do so many nights and you test all your material. Yeah. Whereas with you and nights, you kind of just got to go and hope that mm. that's the one, and kind of push it. Yeah. You guys got any shows coming up? Or? We haven't got anything planned. As <laughs> no. I mean, it's still we've got our eye on a few events that we'd like to go to in other yeah. cities. It's just working it all out and finalising what it is that we've been writing and mm-hmm. practising. Plus, we've been busy with putting the podcast together in the last couple of months, really. So that's yeah. we don't need excuses. No, no, but the bulk of that is done, so we're looking to focus on. On the other things like that, and, and Mel has a book coming out in June, so that's you? the next. I guess this project. is us announcing it now. Then, well, we might as well say something about <laughs> it. Oh, we can slide past it if you want. Can you edit it out? You can edit it out. We'll just well, say Mel has a book coming out. That's all I'm going to say. Is that we're hoping that Mel's going <laughs> to have a as well as, and then Richard pauses, and then back into some other part of the conversation. Well, we don't have to talk about it. I'm just saying you've got something coming out in June. That that's it's it, really. It's a baby. It's a baby. Yeah. So you've got an idea. I've got a baby coming out in well, you, June. You had a baby last year. I did, yeah. In the form of <laughs> the book here. Yeah, yeah. Too Dead for Dreaming. Yeah. What's it all about? It's a collection of 23 short stories. Yep. Weird, strange short stories. Some are connected, some aren't connected. Um, yeah, so it's just a slice of my brain, really. <laughs> 23 slices of his brain. Yeah. 23. There's only one left. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> How much can you still give <laughs> at that point? <laughs> I often ask myself that same question. How much more can I, give? More can I give? And how's your book going? It's kind of okay. Yeah, I'm kind of with mine. Is kind of it's 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 just continuously going, and then the idea is to bring it out sometime this year. Brilliant. I'll see what happens with that. Nice. Focused on Potato Boy from mm. from the old Null Point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you guys aren't doing zines anymore, or are you doing zines? <laughs> no, we've stopped doing that as well. Really, haven't we? I have an idea what we need what we should do at the end of each year I'd like to put together a more like like you know like those arty magazines with like really beautiful paper and they're like, like very, which is like very expensive one <laughs> like it would be like it to be like like an annual but okay. in the form of like a, a magazine and mm-hmm. it would be like featured like it'd have poetry and photography and art and stuff in it I think that would be a nice thing to do because it is nice working in print and zines and that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think you'd do Zine Fest? Obviously Lincoln Zine Fest is going to come back this year. If you've think... got 
Mid to the end of the year. Of, I mean, we've got <clears throat> books, but... Yeah. We wouldn't be taking anything zine-wise that was new from last time. Probably not. So if, if Lincoln Zine Fair is open to people without zines <laughs> going, then... Uh, yeah, of course. They're just really thick zines. That's the way it's yeah. Just like, yeah. It's a hefty zine. It yeah. took me three years to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's got... Yeah, it's just and it's text. got a spine. Just nothing but text. <laughs> Don't, don't worry about it, kind of thing. Um, so that, that was actually something I wanted to talk to you guys about. Of yeah. Obviously, the Usher Gallery closing. Yeah. I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. Or maybe closing. Potentially closing. It's but not closing. Well, won't it? It'll end up closing. I'm just pessimistic over it. What, what's, yeah, what's your initial thoughts? On, on I think it's sad. I yeah. think we've not got many galleries as it is here. Yeah. They're all, a lot of them just small, independent, but very commercial galleries that don't really have art that pushes outside of the boundaries and I think the Usher Gallery although a lot of it is obviously a lot of the stuff that Mr Usher can't remember is is it James Usher? No that's a jeweller what's his name? There's a Mr Usher it's his collection that's what the Usher Gallery is yeah I know that and then there's that then there's that really cool room that's got like the Grayson Perry which I feel better when I'm around that's not even on display at the moment This because this was like I was reading about this of a lot of people. Well, I was saying, in there only a couple of weeks ago, and it's there. It's like in and out. They keep putting it in storage and then bringing it back out, so it's real hit or miss whether you actually see it. Oh. Seems like a lot of faff for them to yeah bring it in and out all the time. Because this was like everyone was kind of upset about it, and I'm kind of indifferent to the whole idea of it just being there. If like I don't feel like it'll make a difference if it's not there. Are you talking about I'd like the gallery in general, the whole thing? Yeah. Usually, no. It's like if if it becomes I don't want it a venue. Go. I think it's things. a nice little gallery. It should, we don't need another wedding venue. Don't. We don't. Lincoln's made on weddings. <laughs> weddings in history. So sausages. What do you think then? So if it's oak closes, then you'll shrug and not be overly fussed. Yeah, because it like obviously it's sad that but what about the gallery closes, but then like their idea is to put all of that work in the collection. And expand but the, the collection. collection's tiny, and that the collection's supposed to be like history. It's very rare that you'll get a gal- um, an exhibition in there. But then that's the problem with the collection because they want to expand the collection. They want to they add can... building space to it, or whatever they want to do with mm. it. So I'm like, I think it's good to, to keep me, it separate to have a, like a museum. The work can move. Well, it's, you know, maybe on the one hand, it's okay if they do that, but is that going to be um, part of the the plan? Is that going to be part of the deal? Or are they just saying, oh yeah, yeah we will do, and then you shut the usher? Yeah. If I they're going to definitely do that, the then okay, but if they're can... just saying that they might do that. Yeah. I think we need all the galleries that we can. Do you think people care more about the building it's in than the actual work that's in it? I think that's probably part of it. It is a beautiful building. Yeah, because obviously it is a space, books. and it would be a large space which would be restricted. I just think they've had some really interesting exhibitions on in there recently, more so than I've remembered in the past. Yeah. And, you know, they do things like displaying the recent... Was it Lincoln Artist Collection was on recently. I don't know if it still is. I think it still might be. Yeah, is that like the Artist Society? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's interesting and it's different. It's nice to see that in yeah. a gallery. And obviously a lot of it is more kind of traditional items. But they do... For a small gallery, I think they have some really interesting exhibitions and it would be a shame for that to go because I don't know where else, apart from this vague promise of a hmm. an extension that might or might not happen. There's nowhere else to go to see art, really. Hmm. Apart from there's the little one 
What's it called up here? Uh, little Red Guys. Oh, yeah, there's two. Yeah. So Mines is off. It's near the Cheese Society. Mm-hmm. Then there's the one up here as well. Yeah, it's like a little red gallery. That's they do, it. They but their is for people to buy. buy. It's yeah. not the same type of thing, is it? I find it strange. I got thinking, kind of like Lincoln doesn't really have a modern art gallery no. space. Like obviously it has the Usher, but that has just like a floor space for it. There's no dedicated room where space. It'll happen every now and then. I think um, whether or not you think it's good or bad or sad about the Usher itself, I think it's more. Like what that represents, or yeah. what that says about Lincoln or Lincoln Council's the attitude towards the creative industries in Lincoln, and yeah. Yeah. obviously it's, they've got very little opinion of it, or everything is sort of financially driven, mm. which yeah. obviously to some extent is makes sense, but they clearly don't see it as a revenue type of thing. Absolutely. And, and yet, on the other hand, there's seems like there's a lot more people in Lincoln doing art of whatever yeah. variety mm. absolutely but, and Lincoln's a city where people really really care about the history Yeah, and art is so tied in within history and one of the things that is nice about the Usch Gallery is that they have all the different paintings that various artists like Lowry and mm. you know all sorts have done of Lincoln and seeing it what it was like in different times and so for a city that's so into history yeah. it's just yeah, it's just, Maybe yeah. if they displayed a big tank or a bomber, then yeah. people would be yeah. more excited about it. Because that seems to be the only <laughs> thing that thing. people really uh, yes. get excited over. Mm. Every time yeah, I, when you think about when the Bomber Command uh, Centre opened. Every time I drive across the roundabout with the tank memorial on it, it just makes me cringe. Mm. And I, I don't know why. Yeah, and that's not art. That's oh, oh. Is it not art? I don't want to be mean. <laughs> be mean. Be mean. <laughs> Is that not art? I, I, I mean, obviously it's been designed, yeah. but... Designed, drawn, created. Yeah. Does that not make it out? I, I, to me. I think the thing is, it's just constantly looking back to some golden past, or what is yeah. perceived as a golden past from 60, 70 years it's, ago. And it's and nothing is looking forward is in this city at all. Yeah. Sure, it's obviously for the sacrifices that people made and stuff at that time I understand yeah. but people only ever seem to get excited it does seem like it's the most important thing yeah. nostalgic idea about you but know, the thing what with Lincoln the... or Lincolnshire stands for yeah. yeah I think the thing with the Usher Gallery it's just I mean we're seeing it in different cities sort of you know smaller galleries and it's along with how we're seeing arts treated in schools and education as well mm. it just seems like everything like it's just not cared about when there's clearly so many people that are trying to get into those careers or enjoy art and culture and it just feels quite hard going at the moment I guess my my kind of fallback through it all is always kind of I don't know if maybe it's just like the the idealistic side of me is that even when art is kind of ignored by governments and councils and everything like that I always feel like it survives because it has to like it's like creation will happen regardless of funding it will happen if there's a space or whether there's not a space yeah it obviously makes it harder but it means that the work which does come through is much more yeah sincere impactful hard work that kind of like artist struggle side of it really but it's sad that it has to get to that I think I'm sadder about drill hall yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, I see, but like, the two the same. To me, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not a performer in any way, 
but it's like, but we've well, just not got that many venues. Yeah. Like as a as a space and as a theatre. Like, yeah, it'd be like if Engine Shed went. I think that would be. Oh, that'd kill me. A shame. Yeah. If Engine Shed closed. Yeah, yeah, and I see the drill hall as a similar thing, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Well, that does bring us nicely round. Of uh, what are you guys working on? What are we working on? Like in terms of kind of like, you've had your book out. Mm. Obviously, you've got a project in the works. But has Plastic Brain got other books in the works? I know you had Simon's book out last year as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who's also coming on the podcast. Drag, dragging him on the podcast. Yeah, so I'll borrow your sign again. <laughs> um, we've got some ideas for things, you know, like Mel's thing that we're not going to talk about. And your uh, thing. My thing. The next. Oh, yeah, I'm sort of I'm writing something new, but that's okay. sort of very early days. Um, and we're starting to think about looking around for yes, other writers to publish. Yes, because we are on the lookout. Yeah, looking for fiction writers, really. And hoping maybe to have the back end of this year, maybe we'd be in a situation where we're going to be able to bring another book out. Okay. Um, obviously, the podcast is sort of like a big thing at the moment that we're sort of pushing. And another project that will be out soon. Uh, yeah, we do have a audio project that's almost completed but it's not quite yet but it's going to be um like a, a sonic sort of i don't know really how we describe it a journey for the years yeah it's called lost in a mind hole okay and um, <laughs> it started as a joke name for it and then we couldn't think of anything better yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so we, what we did is we got in touch with various writers and poets uh, three of which live in New York yeah. and the others which include Simon Widdup, Sophie Sparham Joe Hayden myself and Mel um, the Americans are Ethan Minsker Puma, Pearl and a guy called Richard Allen and they've all contributed a, a reading of a piece of their work and we're going to sort of like turn that into an audio thing like an ambient <laughs> so we need sonic. to work out the phrasing for yeah, this yeah yeah just I don't I don't know like an ambient sort of okay I mean the way you describe it sounds like an installation like an art installation well it's it's <laughs> going to be on CD okay. right so yeah. people can listen to it on their yeah. headphones yeah. Um, <laughs> on their Walkmans yeah um, and it'll come in a cassette box a box yes. and there'll be an inlay card that Mel's done the artwork for with all the kind of text yeah. of the of the poems and the um, pieces that people have contributed. Uh, and we're hoping that's going to be out maybe March time, but it all depends. Tom's sort of tinkering in his laboratory right now. He's been busy with the podcast. Yeah. 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 Kept him very busy. But in that, it, it's exciting because, we, you know, we're not really sure how it's going to sound, but it's all these disparate voices. And yeah, yeah hopefully it'll be an interesting audio experience. Yeah. The good thing about not doing Crash Course anymore is that we've got a lot of the time that we'll go into planning that because there was so much planning hmm. that had to go into it every month is that we've now got that extra time and a bit of extra money free that we can do things like this and try new projects and new mediums and just do what we think is fun, I think is our main thing. Yeah. And hope that other people enjoy it. You know when you like when you guys start projects for Plastic Brain, mm. do you do you have an idea in mind or do you just kind of go and develop it as you go along? Like you kind of you, you hear some poems and go, Oh well this'll work 
running it into like a like a one full piece with other things, or do you go, no, we want to do a collective longer piece? Well, you and Tom came up with the idea of Lost in the Mind, or didn't you? How did you get to that point? Can you remember? Or <laughs> were there many a beer? Had? Um, Those are the best well, ideas. Well, we, we talked about it for a while, but uh, all we thought was we'd just contact people that might be amenable to doing it and, <laughs> and leave it open to them, so not give them a theme or a, yeah. anything. Just say, give us a, one of your pieces, you know, record it, make sure it's about three or four minutes long, something like that. And then yeah. we were then just going to work with what we got, and that was part of the excitement, the kind of... Um, Unknown quantity of it. I think at the time as well, we've been talking a lot about the radiophonic work, radiophonic workshop in Delia Derbyshire, and we found that she'd done a lot of work with poets and okay. these weird like soundscapes behind mm. them, and like stretching out audio and putting in extra syllables and stuff. So I think like, a combination of like those sort of things, just don't know. Yeah, that was what inspired it. I mean, what yeah. the if the final product ends up anything like that, it'll probably be its own thing, really. But that's the kind of um, the compost that we were sowing our seeds into, I think. <laughs> and the the cover work, I think, is excellent. Mel's done like a collage. Yeah, that's really cool. So I mean, yeah, the cover for Dead for Dreamers, wasn't it? She did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. This is your. This is my moment. Yeah. yeah. yeah this is your thing. You are incredibly good, and you're sort of a big part of the visuals of. Plastic brain and everything. So. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am contractually obliged. <laughs> to say I mean, I don't think either of you is going to go on a public platform and go, nah, you're both terrible. We've got time, Graham. I see. I, see. <laughs> I guess I kind of, like, the, the thing of like interesting I, I find about plastic brain press is like, Everything, all of it. All of it is generally interesting. But it's like you, you kind of generated this this style, which is kind of like pop fiction-y graces and, and poetry. But it's like, I mean, like with you looking for new new writers and whatnot, do you look for someone specific? Because yeah. I, I know a couple of people who run a brain and they only do a brain. <laughs> it's, it's a, run a brain press. Uh, but they only do horror. Yeah. So do you guys have a, like a theme which you do look for? I think... Who Romance. anyone can like push <laughs> Yeah, we really wanted to be the next Mills and Boone. I see. Go on, um, now. What are you going to say? The covers are going to get way more. Exciting. Oh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. Um, what are we looking for, Mel? Eccentricity. Okay. Something that's a bit idiosyncratic. And strange. Oddball. Yeah, I think between me, Richard, and Tom, we're inspired by a lot of like sci fi and horror and weird, uncanny, strange stuff that you can't quite put into a genre or a feeling. You can't quite put your finger on that. Yeah. <laughs> so it just run-of-the-mill, cliché, boring stuff is not going to cut the Ooh. mustard. Well, go on then. Claws in. What's, <laughs> what's, what's run-of-the-mill and cliché? I mean, something can still be... Someone, <laughs> somebody could still be very good at something, yeah. but it might not be quite what we're looking for it doesn't mean that it's not good it's just okay. that we're quite pretentious I won't make you name people in oh no no, no I, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to um, I <laughs> no 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 I, I think go on Graham <laughs> oh. well I've been in the Usher Gallery recently <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think I, I don't know you guys say you're pretentious 
Um, I don't think you pretend. I think it's part of it. It is. It's wanting to be. It's you have what you enjoy, though. Branding, and I think we just want to be known for publishing books that are a bit out there and strange. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think we try to put out books that we would want to read. Yeah. And podcasts and everything. Um, Something that su- would surprise you that maybe you'd pick it up in a bookshop or what have you, and you'd be like, oh. This yeah. is intriguing. Yeah, memorable. Let me flick through it, and wow, yeah, this is yeah. cool. Yeah. I will spend my money on this. <laughs> that's what we want people to be thinking. Yeah. I always find that's the hard, hard bit with books. Kind of, it's, and I know, I know I'm the worst for it of going into people bookshops. People buying them, yes. But like we found them. <laughs> Judging it by its cover. I mean, obviously, I know, you're never meant to do it. Awful covers. But, yeah, some books are hugely misleading. Yeah. Or, kind of weirdly presented within yeah. their blurbs and weirdly presented in their covers that you pick it up and you go, yeah, this would be terrible. I don't get it when a book is like an absolute bestseller, but the photo on the front is the most cliche, like, yeah. boring, like it's a woman in black and white. Like, colour well, selection, like her hat will be red. you a guy that's black and white on this going to say, Simon. Yeah, but I didn't design that one, so I can say that. <laughs> it's being and old. Simon's book is beautiful because it it's got Simon on it. But it's also so. it's very Simon and it's very punk rock. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pink, it. Yeah, and, and that's not. Of... But you know what I mean? It's yeah. the like desaturated and like there'll be like a little mamby pamby script across the front of it, and like it's all black and white apart from like her hat or her shoe or like, and it's just, ugh. Just you, they could be the most brilliant book, yeah. but the cover could look the same as everything else on the shelf. Yeah. That's it. Like it doesn't. Just we did a lot of book cover design yeah. at uni, and I care a lot. I care a lot, and that's not to say that mine are any better. But whether it's good or bad, I try to make things distinctive. I think distinctiveness and individuality with cover design, whether it's good or bad, something you could have the worst cover in the world, but if it's if you can pick it apart from other covers, then you're onto something. That's fair. So, in terms of kind of the the, the Sonic projects and the, the the podcast and everything you kind of got coming up, mm. are you do you miss the live side of it? Because mm. it's very different sitting down, recording something, editing yeah. it, to putting something together, knowing it's going to go live. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Um. There's a big part of it that I don't miss. I don't miss the stress, the, the build up to it, yeah. and the, the anxiety side of it. Uh, so I don't miss that at all. Um, I kind of miss um, coming up with sort of like introductions and skits and things because ours wasn't just like a spoken word night. It had like kind of weird games and things like that. So, and that kind of interaction that you can do with the, the audience. So that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that, and just creating like a world for two hours was the yeah. fun bit for yeah. me. It was like we were creating this little bubble that was crash course in brain surgery, and sort of different rules applied. That was what we were trying to do. Yeah, I think yeah. we so both. I missed that, but I don't. Yeah. I think we both had different experiences because <laughs> I came to crash course's previous incarnation about the snout, mm-hmm. and. I was just as I was getting into the poetry scene in Lincoln and found that it wasn't like anything else. I thought it was like shooting stars with poetry. Yeah. And so, and then obviously I joined the team when it 
became Plastic Brain Press and uh, we did Crash Course for a year whereas Richard had been doing it for like a year and a half, two years in its previous so you know I'd maybe only had four or five nights where we'd had barely anybody there whereas you've been having <laughs> yeah it happens a lot and the nights where it was full and the audience were engaged and everything went smoothly yeah. were some of the best nights ever and like you say just creating your own little world and you know whether or not people enjoyed it we the night was different mm. and there's, there wasn't anything else in Lincoln like what we were doing um we just, just yeah the the time and effort that was going into it and then not quite getting it's very much like when the Beatles decided to stop touring <laughs> you know and then they could concentrate on the studio so there's we, just as many heartbroken teenage girls there is did they get better when they stopped touring oh yeah yeah you think you'll refine yourselves? And... I think now we can just f- control and focus on the projects in the way that we want to. So our yeah. podcast now is we approach various writers that we think are interesting or whose work yeah. we've enjoyed mm-hmm. and either ask them to have an interview with us or to contribute some sort of a reading. And in between that, we've got like weird skits and yeah. things like we that. We still get to make our own little world. Yeah. It's, it's just, now just an audio world. That anybody can have anywhere in the world. Yeah. Do you think you've ever expanded to visuals? Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously mentioned kind of shooting stars, kind of. Oh yeah, if we could have a TV show with, yeah. with attitude, yeah. you know, works well with visuals. Do you think you've never explored? Yeah, definitely. But again, I think that just comes down to a budget, really, and yeah. money and time. Well, we have talked about like live shows and that sort of thing. Um, so there's a few ideas mulching around but, in the yeah. mind garden. But, yeah, I'd like definitely would do live stuff but yeah it's... I think it would be good to do something similar to Crash Course every now and then yeah like once a year or mm. something because it was fun to be able to get up and just slap everyone around the face with something a bit weird and see the response in front of you yeah um it's hard with podcasts I think because you never really know what people are thinking or enjoying no, you do kind of just push it out into the world. Yeah, and, and you might not ever yeah. really hear. All you can do is it's all the data watching and yeah, analytics, page views. Yeah, yeah, which is a more measurable gauge than a spoken word night. But it's not, just it's very not that, different. Yeah, but it's not that dissimilar. I mean, we do the podcast and put it out, and we can get a sense of how many downloads or listens you've had, mm. even though it's quite remote and it doesn't feel like. Is yeah. anyone listening? Yeah. But then at the same time, you sort of like putting a lot of effort and build up to the night of a yeah. of a show, and you might like manage to pull in like ten people. And but you there think... were nights where there were ten people, but because the audience was strong and yeah. really with us, that it was still a good night. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. That, you know, it's still good. Whereas you don't see if ten people listen to the mm-hmm. podcast, we have no idea if they're enjoying it or not. No, I know. So they're com- they're just completely different. I think. Yeah, but it's like after the show, those ten people go away, and you never hear anything again. And we're constantly sort of like, "Hey, like us on this or follow us on that," and it's very hard to somehow get somebody engaged enough, you know. And you've got to build a community, and community is like two-way things that they engage with you, and you can respond to them. I always think it's very difficult to to inspire people to sort of like engage with you beyond. The two hours that they've been to the thing. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I'm not appreciative of people coming and everything, but yeah. it, it always feels as if you put in such a lot of energy and 
stuff into it. Like you give, yeah. you give yourself to it, don't <laughs> you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. It's, and in the same sense, the the podcast is similar. I think like we we put in a lot of energy and creation into it, and then yeah. it goes out there. And we don't always get. You know, we can see who, you know, how many downloads you've had, but we don't necessarily get lots of emails or new follows and things like that. And that would be the kind of indicator that we're yeah. sort of like. But it is very early days. Oh yeah, absolutely, podcast. absolutely. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying all this with pessimism or anything. No, I'm no, just no, saying no. that's yeah. the kind of frustration almost you want to, you know, you you want to hear the adulation. <laughs> you want the applause. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the applause in the form of notifications. Just yeah, like, yeah. Just, just rolling up. Well, just to know that you're on the right track. Yeah. Like your yeah, brand of insanity little... is something that other people yeah. kind of recognise or... Just wants validation. Yeah. I think that's kind of like why I always love it when you get a comment on something mm-hmm. or like someone kind of leaves a comment because it's like... You've had a few viewers. You suck. You know. Yeah. Even so, it's like you've listened to it though. Haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've given exactly. me two minutes of your time, and you've told me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, like, yeah, it's more than just a lie. Yeah. It's just someone's actually taking that moment, even if it's just like brief, to just mm. say something. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like, especially like art stuff online, it's always a lot more important to just kind of leave a comment. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, obviously, yeah. it helps the algorithm. Yeah. The almighty algorithm. <laughs> well, I, I'm a lot more conscious of it now, and I do yeah. try to sort of, if I see something interesting, I'll at least think to share it and yeah. like yeah. it and stuff, just because I think one of the things I know the struggle. <laughs> the struggle is real. I think one of the nice things that has happened through Plastic Brain Press is we've gotten a little sort of network of people that support and share, and people yeah. that have like either they've been a guest on the podcast, or they've been lost in the mind hole, or they've been performers at crash course in brain surgery so we've got a nice we're getting to know some really cool creative people that are, are there for us basically and that we can yeah. <laughs> what was that <laughs> i know that are there for us like yeah. well yeah yeah i know i know it just sounds it just sounded <laughs> odd that's all I mean, you know, we won't start singing about it, but we'll be, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, so, obviously, you were saying that within Lincoln, when you guys did Crash Course, it was quite different. There wasn't particularly anything which matched you guys in terms of, like... Well, we thought so. Anyway. Experience. Well, I mean, I don't... Oh, well, we didn't know about like, <laughs> there's, there's spoken word nights, but you guys are trying to put on, like, essentially a mix of theatre and games. spoken word games. Just some kind of throw, <laughs> yeah. blow around. A, a, when you were doing that, I don't know, from my point of view, it always seemed kind of like you were a little bit outside the creative hub within yeah. Lincoln. Do you still feel that way, like making podcasts? Because obviously, as that, that's a standpoint for yeah, people to look to, to go, that's outside. not that. Whereas, like now, you've got you, you, you're a bit more integrated in the, the world wide web of. Yeah, yeah, I feel outside of the community at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Do you think that's a bad thing? I think a lot of it's because I don't go to the other nights. If I went yeah. and supported, then. <laughs> I'd probably be more be more um, included. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's all my own doing. I'm just isolating <laughs> just myself. Yeah. But no, because. <laughs> but I don't know. Things seem a little bit disbanded anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> well, the, you're, you're like. Ooh. Ooh. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble at mill. Well, well, there's barely any spoken word nights anymore because the ATG really? slams finished now. Okay. That's not happening with Gemma moving over to um, wherever she is. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. No. A caravan. She is coming back. And I've, yes. I've invited her back to Lincoln. We're, we're going to go back. Wonderful. Or I'm going to go to a caravan in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yes, do that. So it's either going to be a podcast with Gemma or with some gypsy. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just find a caravan and be like, all right, we're doing a podcast now. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. I think that sounds great. So there's how many, what, what spoken word nights are left in Lincoln? There's you guys the know? outspoken event at the Jolly Brewer. Yeah. There's Ron Booth's night at Bird Cage. Okay. Is that it? Green Room. Poetry Green Room, yeah, which Sophie Lavender is now. She's taken, okay. not taken from Gemma, Gemma's gifted. Wrestled it from Gemma. Yeah, yeah. They, that was a fight. I like the idea of poets wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, Graham, we'll start a new night. You could easily do a, a poet poetry throwdown. Fight. <laughs> Boxing matches between different In poets. the red corner, yeah. yeah. But that, so there's three now, whereas there was five before. There was. But then, in the same sense, people could say it could be oversaturated. Yeah, but it meant that you had quite a busy calendar. Yeah. Oh, and there was, when there was the word theatre as well, it yeah. meant that there was something on at least every week. Yeah. And I used to go to when I didn't have work, when I didn't have a job. Yeah. I used to go to all of them. I do lose track of the things going on. I can never remember what week anything is. No. But I can't remember the day, so. All the days just merge together. Yeah. And then eventually someone tells you not to go to work. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, how are you, you here? Oh, it's Saturday. <laughs> I don't wait for somebody to tell me not to go. <laughs> just don't go in general. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, in a way, like, Lincoln's, Lincoln's art scene is, 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 I feel like there's there's two sides of it mm-hmm. at the moment. Because there's those who are just like, it's dying. I and think they, it's dying. a year ago, they were like, no, it's booming. It's mm. <laughs> the exact same people. Whereas... <clears throat> that's the other side of where people go no it's thriving you know we're, we're doing this 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 and this which which voice do you think is louder or which is mm, that's a good question a, I think stronger grip on reality it's heavily skewed via social media mm. I think the louder voice at the minute is that it's dying and I think that's exacerbated by things like Usher Drill Hall yeah, because people are generally just more fed up. Yeah, I mean, even though you've got people who are involved in big projects like Mansions of the Future and, and, and all these kind of like things, they're still kind of going, well, no, we've got this huge part of this which is dying. And it makes you wonder what they're going to do once that's gone. Mm. Like, you can campaign all you want, but if it does go, it's left to you to hold it up kind of thing, to keep it going. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, of, we can't let that. Yeah, you kind of set the wondering, well, if you're so worried about it now, are you going to be able to? Mm. You know, or, or do you need that? Do you need those institutions to be able to continue what you're doing? Yeah. Because mm. I, I can't remember who I was talking to who made an interesting point of, obviously Mansions of the Future popped up and received art funding. <clears throat> and all the art funding they received, or the amount they, they, they received, was the same amount Drill Hall needed to stay open. And I thought that's quite interesting for like Lincoln as a small place has trouble getting funding anyway. Yeah. So does that mean that they've they've essentially earmarked the money which would have kept that institution open, oh. and then they're upset about its closing? Oh. Can you not have one or the other? Well, they've only got didn't I don't know Mansions of the Future. They've only got it for a, a year. Yeah. And they have to. And then they'll be in the same situation. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the thing with kind of like we're saying with. Open word nights, open word nights, spoken word nights. Hello, <laughs> closed the word nights. Um, yeah, kind of like spoken words. I see there was a there's a saturation of them, like five or six going within the last year, yeah. and then some of them dropped off because some of them did really well and, and that kind of thing. Is I mean, does that take effect with galleries and workspaces? And isn't it? I mean, it comes down to the audience, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. well, like the usher, for instance. 
it's the threat of closure now people are sort of saying oh it's your gallery don't lose it and stuff well if people were going in the first place and it was a popular well attended gallery then maybe I don't know perhaps they wouldn't be considering closing it so it's about you know it's all there for people it's just is it people's apathy and not in disinterest that they're not utilising the drill hole enough and the usher enough Mm. I mean I'm not saying it is I don't know or is it that they haven't got Enough, enough interesting yeah, stuff to, bring to draw people, people there. They spoke part of both, I would say. I don't know, but it's all very well and good, uh, sort of um, galvanising people once the threat of closure is suddenly there. Yes. Yeah. Well, you don't know what it's got to the film, do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, crash wasn't If they'd used it before this, then <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I think people will miss it. I mean, I'll I miss it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, there's a lot of things potentially going on in Lincoln yeah but I don't know if the audience is growing at the same rate as the creatives that are wanting to do things so, I want yeah. to know what students art students think about what's happening in Lincoln because when I was here I just and I don't know if it's the same for you you just don't really know about anything that's going on outside the university um I I, I want to know what students now think about the art scene in Lincoln whether they're aware of it or yeah. they're just in their bubble. I think I kind of I had a special case in the sense of because I already knew people in Lincoln before mm. I arrived in Lincoln. Oh yeah, so you're not in the student. I bubble. was always kind of there was always an out out for me from the student bubble. Um, so it was always like, oh well, I know this is going on. I know this is going on. I knew people who were on my course yeah. prior to me starting uni here, so they tell me about things and bits and bobs. But then in the same sense, I found with my course, they never promoted things in Lincoln. Mm. They tell you about exhibitions in other cities, and they yeah. go, "Oh, you should attend this, and we're all going to go go do this." But in terms of Lincoln, they just ignored everything. And I'd never once got told to go to the Usher or collection to go see a show or catch up on something, even though there was stuff on. You kind of had to do it of your own volition. Mm. So we had to sit for ten hours in the Museum of Lincolnshire Life and draw things. Really, I've Thanks. never been to the Museum of Lincolnshire Life. Sorry, I've been here like don't eight sit years. in it for ten hours in the cold. <laughs> no, no, that's like a great day out. A lot of us just took photographs of my own, which went against what they were trying to get us to do. I was but say. Some of us commuted. <laughs> got to get around that. It was very bit. cold. It was in the middle of winter that they got us. To... Anyway, sorry, carry on. Very much. Um, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, I don't feel like the audience in Lincoln has grown as quickly as the projects which are going on in Lincoln. Yeah. Do you think that's that's, that's a Lincoln that specific be, thing? Yeah. Do you think that's a Lincoln specific thing? Can't like in see that Lincoln's more special or different than anywhere else. I, yeah. I should think that situation exists in other sort of medium size or medium sized towns or small cities and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I guess I don't think Lincoln's a special case particularly. Yeah. I wish there was just a way that you could measure it. I wish that there was like a survey or a statistic or something because whenever I feel like the art scene is like suffering or whatever yeah. I don't know if it's just me being pessimistic or frustrated and it's just a feeling like you just blanket this feeling over everything yeah I, I just want that. to be able to measure it and see if I'm actually right or wrong I or... feel like if you could measure it though I'd hate it yeah oh yeah yeah of course because it, but... it would defeat the whole yeah whole point of like but it's that frustration scene. of not it's like knowing as soon as you've got it statistic of like yes 100 people are interested in the art yeah. scene <laughs> yeah. 3,000 you're like you're okay like, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I was better not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 
very valid point, yeah. Or if it, even if it was, you know, 3,000 of the 3,000, like, hmm, I feel like someone's not being sincere when they fill out the survey. <laughs> Part of me, the pessimism just in me would just rise it. up and go, hmm. Yeah, well, we did, um, when I was part of Women in the Arts, we did a survey. Okay. That was fascinating. Okay. Mm. How so? Just people's opinions oh, about, on arts in Lincoln <laughs> and women in Lincoln and representation of women. And it was absolutely fascinating. We got quite a big response. Yeah. And we, you could look through every single person's answers. Obviously, it was like anonymous. Yes. How was the survey taken? Uh, it was like um, a demo set up. I think it was just like an online survey that we encouraged people to. I, I do find online surveys fascinating mm. and kind of dangerous at the same people time. People are very honest. Yeah. If someone's anonymous, they will they will rip into something. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Oh yeah, you want a complete honest answer, but then you're faced with. Well, what's what's the, the brutal reality of it all? What's the headline? What's the juice then? You say, no, it was fascinating, so tell us. What's the, oh, what's what's the, the worst answer? Yeah. <laughs> no, the, I don't uh, know all the worst, but I remember we there was a feeling of um, sort of sadness that came with it because as much as we had women taking part in the survey and mm. saying, like, yeah, we feel frustrated that we're not represented, but there's lots of people trying to make change, and, like, basically everyone agreeing with us, mm. obviously then, like, there was... Men, I'll say it. There was men that were just anti, or not really being able to see that there was a yeah a need for what we were doing or what they are doing now. Um, and while it's good, obviously, it's the whole thing of like you only want to be surrounded with people that agree with you and encourage you, and you yeah. should be exposed to other opinions. Um, it can be disheartening. Yeah, just that whole kind of oh, why can't we get through to people sort of feeling. Yeah, I think that kind of links back to the, the kind of what we were saying about like public perception of when you release stuff online, mm. of because it is so hard to gauge or create kind of communities with an online experience or even like a live experience. It's so easy to become disheartened, yeah, and so easy for a lot of people just to kind of go, oh well, yeah, I guess I'll just not do that anymore. Mm. Yeah. No one's really interested in that, and you don't know because mm. you might not have even reached the people who are interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the thing with. of, like, do you keep going and hope that you'll break through yeah. to those people? Or do you save your energy and do try something else? Yeah. I mean, I'd always encourage people to keep going. Yeah. But that's that's my attitude. I know not everyone agrees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know everyone can. No. Think. I think if you're able to, like, yeah. financially and with whatever other factors there are in your life, and it's something you feel like you've need to do want to do then you've got to keep going haven't you because there's not a lot of other choices for yourself you know if, like, you know I've determined that I want to be a writer and I'm going to keep writing and yeah. some days it just feels very black but other days it doesn't so <laughs> so then do you, do you when it's kind of like when you're in that black period do you still enjoy writing yeah. like the act of writing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because I think that yeah. that's the important bit when it yeah. comes to people is like if they're doing it and then they start to hate what they're doing, that's where they know they've lost it. Yeah. Whereas if you're no, still enjoying it, it's, ne- it's never a chore. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's not easy, but the actual the writing stuff isn't really a chore. Yeah. But I mean, if we're talking about putting work out there and having some sort of a breakthrough, that that's that can be frustrating and that can be what discourages people but yeah. I think it's not necessarily talent that is ne- is is the thing that will 
see you through it's just tenacity to just keep going and keep trying mm. and keep approaching things from different angles and um, you know it's not determination yeah it's not about the talent it's the sort of mindset of yeah. keeping going and having that positivity or whatever even if it's very quiet and whatever yeah yeah I think that's a good message for people I guess that's a, in a way I, I guess this is a question of kind of generation, generationally obviously this is like there's a lot more online stuff now compared to maybe 10 15 years ago and the attitude of artists to me has changed there's a lot more art now which is just created with the purpose of getting an audience mm. not actually creating a message mm. or, or doing something they enjoy more just wanting the fame which comes with creativity yeah. and I think those that's had more of an impact on people feeling disheartened because you can kind of feel overshadowed by someone who goes and does something just for the fame. Yeah. Like, like what? So you kind of like, if you get people who, I mean, the, the example I always use is, so you get fantastic artists with magnificent technical skill and they'll do reproductions of photographs. Yes. And you're kind of looking at it and going, that's fantastic, you've done something amazing and to the general public, this is this is hugely fascinating, but there's no concept. Mm. Mm. And then you get someone who puts a lot of work into the, the things they do and it, and then it comes out quite abstract, which obviously is harder for the public to kind of interpret, harder for them to congest, or ingest as, as work. And then you're looking at the other one going, hmm, maybe I should just give up. Because <coughs> people don't want abstract. They don't yeah. want hard anymore. They just want Instagram. I think one of the problems with social me- artists on social media is that they start generating content because they think their followers will like it rather than... Yeah, they'll generate things that they know will be received well, and instead of necessarily making it because they want to, or because they've got something to put out there, it's very very easy to get sucked into the whole thing of what can I make next that my followers will like or that will bring me followers. Yeah, I think again that comes back to kind of what we were saying like right at the beginning of this was that you guys did you 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 open night but you kept doing what you wanted to do yeah. rather than adjusting it. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather that we, if we did carried on doing this and enjoyed it but still barely had any followers, then yeah. that's one thing. And really? I hope that's not what happens. A year from now, I'm not, you're not going to come back and have a book on Lincolnshire <laughs> history and just that'll be your new brand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you do a book on Lincoln history? You could do a book on weird Lincoln like, history. Yeah, if it was weird yeah, history. Like the obscure history of Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying though about people just doing art for followers and stuff, I yeah. mean, that's just a different... Is it not just a different audience that they're attracting? You know, it's, mm. like, it's like the people that will go to like a home furnishing shop and just buy pictures of pebbles to hang on their wall and that satisfies them and it sort of like helps tie things together and whatever in their living room and that's as far as they're interested and there's a a market for that and the sorts of thing you're talking about is it's appealing to that same sort of mindset whereas there's other people that are interested in you know sculptural dog turds (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, because yeah. They're, they're after something else and they're yeah. into the depth and yeah. the people that are producing that are, you know, probably looking for different sorts of kicks anyway, aren't they, yeah. in terms of their audience and whatever. Yeah. So it's just horses for courses, I think. Yeah. If we wanted yeah. to publish, I don't know, like um, 
sort of like Mills and Boone romance things. There's yeah. people there that just want that stuff, and that's yeah. that's fine. That's you know, just it's reading material, isn't it, that satisfies people? But we're interested in publishing weirder, freakier stuff. Yeah. So we're just looking for different audience, but I think there's enough yeah. out there. It's sort of more niche, isn't it? I yeah. 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 I think. I mean, we still need niche yeah. is good. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of <laughs> followers. So, you know, I'm not, please, please find follow, out about follow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a good message to kind of yeah. you know, It doesn't have to be disheartening because yeah. there's space enough for everybody. I think that's the thing about. Um, things like social media and whatever it democratizes stuff, doesn't it? Or the yeah. hierarchy sort of is crumbling a little bit. Mm. You're not convinced. No, all that, there is the whole thing of there's space for everybody and there's different crowds, different people. But I don't think I quite agree. No, it's all right. I mean, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Because anyway. sometimes it just feels yeah. like you're fighting against all the shit. Yeah. Yeah, or the you know, why are people still buying pebbles for because like pebble canvases? Like, yeah, but people that are doing that are never going to be interested in what you're doing anyway, so it's not as yeah, if they're, they're if, not an audience that you failed to the, capture, they're not your audience. But enough of the if enough of the internet internet is saturated with pebbles, then oh. people will never see the shelves, yeah, <laughs> but I don't, or the I washed don't, up glass and break. I don't see the internet saturated with pebbles though. Depends on which point, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's all yeah. Of whatever corner you want to look in, isn't it? Well, no, because, <laughs> <laughs> because things get thrust upon us in the internet, whether we're looking for it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Like People like think it. that you can tailor your own newsfeed, and you can to a point. Yeah. But You can't tailor everyone else's. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I think that it's, there's, there's validation to it both, as you say, like there is an audience out it's there a nice for idea that the odd can... and the weird and the... Oh, there is an audience for it. It's just, but at the same time, deep down underneath, there is a measure of there's a layer. Yeah, that's it. I think you've just got to keep trying to punch up through the yeah. what sometimes feels like concrete. There's a lot of just crap. yell at it. That's yeah, I was, I was like, I'm not the one to do. Yeah, but the, you know, there's a lot of dreadful pop music out there, isn't there? Yeah. It's yeah. designed for a certain audience, and but at the same time, there's a lot of weird. Yeah, but you won't hear. You're still, you still have to like really search to find the more obscure, strange stuff. But I think you if, won't find it as easily. I think even if if someone has an inclination for something which isn't the mainstream, or is it disagreeable yeah, they'll, with the they'll mainstream, go they'll go out it. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's just they're the people we're trying to net. Yeah. <laughs> Reel them in. Yeah. yeah. Come listen to random podcasts about whatever we're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I stand at the door. Yeah. All smart and say, come in, sir. And Mel's behind the door with a mallet. <laughs> really tough. Yeah, like a Beano comic. Like, Precisely. Yeah. What would be the... That's what a would great that Get him in and knock him out. Um, I don't know. We'd have a lot of bodies that we could possibly sell on for medical research. But then they can't like and share the podcast, can they, if they're dead? Mm. Those. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> We've got to keep them locked in a room at computers. I, I didn't think that through, did I? <laughs> Generating... Traffic for us. You might be able to make money though out of. You make more money bodies. selling body parts yeah, than you would make out of that. Then would we're still not, we're only making money, we're not getting any more audience because we're, we're killing money, audience. <laughs> and then we could do stuff with that money. One year from now. 
organ grinders are us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer plastic brain press, your real brain press. We've opened up crematorium. And on that note, yeah. we'll bring it to an end. Well, thank you guys for coming. Thank Thanks. you. Sorry, Mel. And I'm sorry, Graham. <laughs> Never apologise. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, but no, thank you for coming. Um, obviously, anyone listening, check out Plastic Brain Press and the books which you've got going yes, on. Yes, please. Yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram, aren't we? Share, yeah. listen, go listen to their podcast. Which on Spotify, it's on one? iTunes. Podomatic. Podomatic. It looks like you rehearse these things. <laughs> That's how we start us every day, looking in the mirror. I don't even say where they can find mine. I just let them do, it. <laughs> do the research for it. But no, cool. Thank you for coming, guys. Thank and you. So we'll see you again in another year. Toot toot. Toot. Mm.